Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. In today's social media world, success looks easy. You can put yourself out there and look like you're super successful, but we all know it takes work, it takes strategy, it takes gratitude, it takes um, a team, it takes partners. And uh, my guest today is famous for saying it took 17 years to become an overnight success. And I think we're gonna learn a lot from what he went through in his journey to where he is today and how he touches so many lives. This is Adam Kipnis, host of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. I appreciate y'all being with us today. As always, we're brought to you on C-Suite Radio by Powertexting.com. Uh, thanks to both of them for what they do for the show. And without further ado, my, my guest today, he's an a author, he's a speaker, he's a coach, he's a business owner, a multiple business owner, he's a marketer. He is one of the best guys in terms of giving you everything you need and asking nothing in return, but everything comes his way. David Meltzer. David, thanks for joining today and being on. Uh, thanks, Adam. It's really a pleasure to be here. And I love that you started with, you know, overnight success. Most overnight successes I've met are 17 years in the making. Uh, and what I mean by that is that I'm here to help empower other people to get what they want, to shop for what they want, to live in two currencies. One, the money currency of the energy or object of money is an energy that into the flow to shop for what you want if you shop for what you want you'll be happy if you shop for the wrong things you won't be happy but i also am here in that 17 years to teach what the things they do believe in the unconscious competencies of the personality traits characteristics obsessions and addictions that you have in other words taking what you think they do and believe and those unconscious competencies and creating habits enjoying every day the consistent persistent pursuit of your potential uh, that's the key. And why do I say 17 years? Because what I found through my own successes and other great entrepreneurs and athletes and business people that I've met, that they have these periods of acceleration and growth that cause most people to quit. Uh, we like to be the same. Uh, I always say the uniqueness of you is determined upon not you being the same, but being connected to everything. So people get confused. They feel good when they're connected, but that doesn't mean you want to be the same. You don't want to do what other people want for you. You don't eat the food that your spouse loves or your kids love. You eat the food that you love. You are unique and we all fit together in, in uniqueness. Uh, so what happens? We'll use a 17 year model or what I call the 25% model as well. So usually it takes 10 years in anything that we're working on and it's because it takes so much consistency to get somewhere. It usually takes about 10 years, usually, uh, to get to 25% of where you wanna be. The human mind gets disappointed. And so we, 99% of us quit after 10 years, or if it's taken even sooner, you know, let's say it took you three years to get to 25%, 99% of the people, for whatever reason, the perception and the way that we see time when we've worked hard and we're 25% of the way there, even if you do this in jogging, watch what happens. It's that first lap in a mile that we want. It's like, oh my God, am I going to make it the other three laps? There's something about 25%. But in 10 years, if you're 25%, 99% of the people are going to quit. They become copies. They start doing what everybody else wants them to do. They start thinking like everybody else and they lose their uniqueness, their inspiration. 
and you gain that inspiration by connecting to others, but by literally being yourself. And here's the sad thing. Five years later, at 15 years, that person is now 50%. So it only took him half as much time to get to the next 25%. But here's the sad thing. Out of the 1% that hung on, 99% of those now after 15 years quit. Or fit when you're 50% of the way there. 99% of the 1% quit. So once again, everybody's conforming to the same cubby holes, the 95 jobs, working with what their parents want them to do, going to school where their parents want them to go to school, doing what their friends want them to do, even though they know it's disastrous for themselves. They're surrounding themselves with the wrong people, the wrong ideas, books, podcasts, music, and they want to be like everybody else. And meanwhile, if they just would have hung on for another two and a half years, half the amount of time, at 17 and a half years, right there, you're 100% of the way there. And then a year and three quarters, 200, seven eighths, three, 400, seven sixteenths, 800, seven thirty seconds, 3,200. That's how people are unique. That's when the universe gives you the bonus round. That's where the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential takes place. That's why there are no overnight successes. If there was an overnight success, that means the minute you came out of your mother's womb, you would be successful because that's overnight. Otherwise, you are in the acceleration and grow zone. And the only way we accelerate and grow is to learn lessons. Only way we learn lessons are understanding three laws, the law of Goya, work hard, work smart, work long, meaning you know it's going to be a long haul, not long in days, meaning your perspective is long. You don't need it overnight. No instant gratification. You're enjoying the pursuit. You're not trying to get to the end as fast as you can. You're enjoying the pursuit of your potential. Then you have the law of attraction that says, like you said earlier about me, I'm someone that does everything, provide value. I believe in productivity, how much value I'll provide, as well as accessibility. How accessible am I to others? And how am I accessing what I want? So the law of attraction says, if I put it out there, it's going to come back to me. What I think, say, do believe in my unconscious competencies and that quantum memory. But even more importantly, is the law of surrender. The law of surrender is the last law that most people don't understand. It's the law that says we're all connected, but we're all different. And it's okay. You don't have a need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, guilty, anxious, frustrated, fearful, whatever it may be. You can live in truth consciousness and surrender to the truth and go ahead and illuminate all the lessons that you've learned and the things that you would do better next time to live to a higher potential. That is the answer to the 17 year overnight success. I love it. I love it. And, and I know your story. And for those of you listening, you got to get his book connected to goodness. It's one of my favorite books. And I happen to give it out every time I see David, I get more of his books and I give it out to other people. And so we're not going to go into the whole story, but David's had some amazing successes from a financial standpoint, some spectacular um, failures slash non-successes. Losses. <laughs> Losses. Uh, but in, in personal life, in, in family life, in financial life. And then, um, once those happened, you would sort of instantly learn from it and were able to recover that. Was that challenge, that first big sort of breakdown in your success, was that sort of your 25% point looking back on it where you could have given up? Yeah, for me, it actually happened two years before. Uh, and you know, I had great financial success early, right out of law school, was a millionaire nine months out of law school. But for me, that 25% was when I thought I was 100% there. I was almost like, you know, I was sitting on third base and thought I hit a home run. Uh, but for me, two years before, I had three kind of warning signs that had developed. One, my father 
who I didn't get along with, who was a liar, manipulator, overseller, backend seller, and I hated him for it. I started realizing uh, through his 30th birthday gift to me that uh, I was just like him. He gave me a jacket with no pockets and told me I can't take anything with me when I'm gone. And then I just <laughs> gave him the jacket to remind me that I'm just like him and I should not want to be the richest man in the cemetery that I better start paying attention. Second was my best friend told me he didn't like who I was hanging out with so he wasn't gonna hang out with me anymore. And I told him, well, I'm not like those guys. And he said, you could lie to me, but don't lie to yourself. And then finally, two years, almost to the day that I went bankrupt, my wife, as I came home intoxicated at 5.30 in the morning from partying and lying to her, told me she wasn't happy and that I better take stock in who I was and what I want to become. When I woke up in the morning, after I got over my anger, hurt, blame, shame, and justification of why I was doing everything, reality struck me and I became depressed. And I lied in bed for almost half a day until Rocky came on whatever terrible station I was watching. And <laughs> all of a sudden I'm watching this thing and I'm bawling like a baby. And there he is at the end, Apollo Creed knocks him down. And he, he looks up, his face is just melted and he looks up and he gets up and then boom. And the music's going one more punch. He goes down again and then he looks up and he gets up. And on the third time, boom, looks up and gets up and he can barely stand, but yet he raises his gloves, you know? And I was like, that's it. I just have to look up. Right, just get out of this bed. This isn't the end of it. This is the beginning of it. I just have to do things better. And I started outlining what I wanted to become and who I was and I outlined gratitude and forgiveness and accountability and what inspired me. And I was gonna live my life to be of service and to ask for help, to live radically humble, all these different things. And I codified a step-by-step -step procedure of how I was gonna imagine what I was gonna be, how I was gonna stay inspired at all times and how I was gonna effectuate it with my pragmatic things. So I built a book like Think and Grow Rich to help people step-by-step, step, make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun in their lives. And the cool thing is now decades later, I've proven that it works. Uh, through my own actions. I've proven that I live a life that is extraordinary and not just in health and happiness, but in everything else that I desire uh, with my family and, and my finances and my business and my community and the world. And it keeps growing and growing. I'm in the 3200 mark, maybe the 6400 mark. I'm in the exponential <laughs> upside of the hockey stick and I want other people to experience the same thing. That's my mission. Uh, I love it. And, and um, since we we met, um, you know, you meet people at a lot of events, and um, I picked up the phone and randomly I called David, and I was like, "Hey, I've got a question," and he answered the phone, which I was kind of shocked with. I thought I'd go to voicemail and um, you know hopefully get on your calendar. You gave me the answer. You said, "Hey, next time you're in Newport Beach, come by the office." I came by the office and just gave me a ton of information. And one of the things that that he talked about, and I want you to talk about it here for a second, is when you were at your lowest point financially, you, that was the first thing you wanted to come back from. Like you needed money because you got house and family and, and obligations. And you did it by asking others, what did they need that you may be able to, maybe that able to help them out with? Yeah. Nothing, nothing beyond that. You didn't put yourself and say, I can do this for you. It was like, Hey, what do you need that I can help you out with? Can you tell us a little bit about that process and how that worked? Yeah. There's an old saying, right? Don't get so busy. Uh, working, you forget to make money. And I got so busy worrying about my money, working, all types of things that I forgot that I was 
foreign and have enhanced and studied a skill set, the skill to share a vision, the skill to sell. And so I had built that based off of being kind to myself and kind to others. And I had a great relationship capital. So I said, all right, I got a pregnant wife with my fourth child. I got three daughters. I lost everything. I got a rented house, rented furniture. I have one car that they allowed me to keep and everything else was lost. You know, I need money, right? I, need, I can't give what I don't have. So I literally sat there as if it was my job and made lists of all the people that I had been in contact with that I admired that, you know, I'd done business with. And I wasn't asking for a loan, right? A lot of people knew I was bankrupt. So definitely, you know, there's some resistance and hey, you know, oh, I bet he's coming over for dinner. You, you know what he's going to ask me for. Right. But I think it worked to my advantage because even people that knew my situation, uh, when my first thing was, how can I be of service? You know, tell me what you got going on. You know, would it help you if I you know, introduce you to this person and this person? And, you know, I went to the basics of sale, which is create a margin. You know, you need something, how much are you willing to pay for it? And can I create a margin by getting it for you? You know, product, service, or solution. And, you know, as much as I was a millionaire nine months out of law school, it was even faster to make my next million because I knew way more people. I had great situational knowledge and, uh, I was extremely focused, consistent and persistent in making money. And ever since then, I've stuck to that philosophy of just understanding how I can be of service. And I ask for help. I ask so many people, man, do you know anybody can help me? You know, anybody can share my content, do good deeds, you know, can help me. I'm looking for a babysitter, anybody help me. I'm not, <laughs> wasting, I'm not wasting time. Most people know at least a thousand people. So, you know, your network grows and grows. Now it's the other side of it, it's like, oh man, there's so many people. I, I don't know what I can ask for. This is awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. And, and then, so you, you got financially healthy. You got spiritually healthy. You got family healthy. And you converted that into your sort of 100 for 20 rule, yeah. which is one of my favorite things. And I'm going through Dave's greatest hits here. I'm getting all the good stuff that he has and teeing them up one at a time. So what, tell us about the 120 rule and what that means and how people can live that life uh, to this, the greatest success. Yeah, I feel like this is the home run derby and I got my dad pitching to me. So, <laughs> awesome. uh, so for me, what I realized is that the only way you're successful in life is if you provide more than you're asking for. It's a quantitative thing. And if you have the credibility, nobody will say no. If I told you that I'd like to give you a $100 bill in exchange for a 20, could you see any reason you wouldn't want to do it? Right? All credibility be the only reason to say no. Uh, but literally, you know, I believe that not only do we have a responsibility when we're doing business with a product, solution, or service, that we hold ourselves to the quantitative value of providing you know, five times the value that we're asking for, but more importantly too, to be able to articulate that, right? Buy my pen for a million dollars, I'll give you a million dollar loan, I'll put another million dollars in escrow in your mom's account, you'll have control of it. If I, you can't, I'll give you, you know, uh, at zero interest, I'll sell you that pen. If you can't sell at the end of the year uh, for $2 million, then I'll go ahead and relieve you of your million dollar debt to me, plus execute and release the other million in your pocket. Can you see any reason you won't want to do it? That's 120 rule articulated. Now beyond that is the energy of it. And I think this is where people, I believe in a quantum memory, a, a huge energetic field that we live in, a frequency or a vibration that we exist upon. And my frequency, tells people I'm 100. 
I'm a hundred and my frequency is like, man, I just want 20 back. I just want 20 back. I'm a net 80 guy, but literally I will every morning train my mind, body and soul by envisioning my room full of hundred dollar bills and me walking the streets of Calcutta, handing everybody hundreds and asking for 20 back. And I ask in my own mind's eye, I ask, do you know anyone can help me? I need $20. I'll be willing to give you a hundred dollars for it. Do you know anyone can help me? You know, it can help me. What can I, right? All that. And I, I feel what it feels in my heart to what it feels like to give. And then I use that in everything I do. If my energy is not there, I exit the room, shift my energy back into that exercise, come back in and everybody lights up. Adam, you, you know, this isn't egotistical. I try to be humble, but I know one of the callers I have, I light up a room. And that's yeah. because of the 120 rule. I love it. I love it. And with a few minutes left, you know, there's a lot of people out there who maybe just getting introduced to you and you can follow him on social media. He has three to five minute snippets of amazing information every day on Instagram, LinkedIn, probably some other places as well. Um, so definitely go out there and get the knowledge. But there's a lot of people out there who, right, they're not there. They, they don't know how to get 20 back for their 100. The fatal flaw of a lot of entrepreneurs is they give 100% of everything they have and then the person walks away and says, thank you, that was great, but there's no money left in their pocket. How, do, how are you able to, and how do you teach other people to know you can give everything away and still receive something back, whether it's financial, whether it's spiritual, whether it's an introduction? It's a great place to kind of end on because it's the key to everything, which is practice, right? I practice ending fear, right? I, I practice asking. I started by lowering the bar and practicing myself. And I said to myself, how can I ask people? I said, okay, in person, okay, there's a whole pool of people during the day that I can ask in person that I'm gonna come in contact with. Two, on the phone, whole bunch of people I call and text all day long that I can ask for help from, right? Three, yep. email. I, people don't believe me, but I am dead serious. I get spam emails and every single one of the spam emails that I get, I reply, would you be interested in my executive coaching program, my one-on-one -on -one coaching program, my business advisory program? Every single one. One out of 10 of my spam say yes. Really? Yeah. And I know I've heard the story and it still shocks me every time. Although I have done it's that because I get a lot of people yeah, wanting to buy property. Okay. And whatnot. Awesome. So, uh, <laughs> but even more importantly, the other nuance that I've learned is the last way to ask is by media, by marketing. So that's radio, print, TV. Notice I didn't mention social media because I don't believe social media uh, is anything. Meaning for me, radio, print, TV, content is everything. Social media is only the ability to capture marketing, amplify the marketing, and perpetuate the marketing. And three different strategies need to be in place to ask you know anyone that can help me or how you can be of service. If you learn and practice just one a day, just start there. You know, today, somewhere in person on the phone via email or media and social media, just one person during the 24 hours that I'm here, I'm gonna ask, do you know anyone that can help me with blank? And you write it out. This is my goal for today to ask one person. Well, little do you know, by the end of the month, you've asked 30 people. Now, it's also become a habit, which means it's probably accelerating and growing and you've probably increased the number. But even if you were just disciplined and all you had was the courage to ask one person a day, 
your network on average will grow 30,000 people because each of those people know a thousand people. And you have 30,000 people when you say, do you know anyone that can help me that you're drawing from? Simply by one a day. And ironically, out of that 30, you will probably do more business for what you're asking for or reach your objective than if you were working all day long, being so busy, all day long, being so busy working, you forget to make money. Literally. That's awesome. That is, go, go ahead. If you want to keep rolling, I'll keep I'll rolling. I'm going to say real quick, like <laughs> I, I might do this exercise, but send out every, I do exercises and trainings in my office, which you've been at, but I, I'd love to see the effect of, you know, what if I gave everybody an hour to ask as many people that if they would uh, know anyone that could give you a dollar to give to junior achievement? I wonder how much money we'd raise in an hour. If, if that's your only objective was to call, text, email, ask for one hour straight, do you know anyone can help me? I'm looking for a dollar for junior achievement. I wonder how many dollars each person on average would get. Oh, thousands, thousands of dollars. Because Crazy, some, right? some of but those yeah, people are going to call their friends. Some of those people are going to give you 20. Raise money for charity and they'll get so busy working, be so far in their own way. We'll never ask. They'll never ask the main part and they won't raise thousands of dollars, but yet I could get them focused for literally one hour and close out an entire charitable campaign if everybody practiced and effectuated being and asking for help. I think that's a great way to out. Great way to end. Always just ask for what you want in the world. David Meltzer, thanks for being here. You, I love you, man. It's always great to see you and talk to you and get your knowledge. And thanks everyone for being here on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>